This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. This episode contains graphic descriptions of horrific acts, including being drugged, kidnapped, strangled, and violent sexual assault. For those who have trouble with these topics, this episode may be triggering. If you wish to listen to this episode and skip the graphic retelling of the event, the timestamps below in the show notes can help you navigate around that section so you can enjoy the remaining sections of the episode. Please listen at your own discretion. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. This is uh, a little serious episode. Um, So I'm going to let you guys know that there are some topics that we're going to be talking about that um, people may be sensitive to. But I would like to introduce to you uh, a beautiful, lovely survivor, Lori Tedesco. Hi, Lori. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. You look stunning. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your story is a little different than the ones that we've heard on the show so far. I thought it was very important. Uh, to talk about it because of recent events that we had talked about that have happened to others um, and how important it is to protect yourself. So I'm going to let you take it away um, and please tell us who you are and why you're here. Oh my God. Well, um, it started off as just this, well, I'm a nurse. And so it started off innocently enough as just being somebody that wanted to um, delve into makeup and not having any skills whatsoever in how to apply it. I went in initially with Unique. The makeup world of Unique was just um, raw weird raw so you get like you know your your gross stuff and it just torched my face worse than it was before and I ended up looking like somebody that was doing meth (laughs) for lack of anything it was like the the most oil laden foundation and so my face (laughs) just went like full-on like acne ridden just horrific looking garbage and all of a sudden one of the black status leaders probably about eight months into it disappeared and I started seeing like all you would hear like all this rumbling about all these people having like a lot of problems and this one left and I started trying to figure out where she left because you could tell things were not well on the high end side so I found her out on, on um, YouTube and I was not savvy with the internet. I was not savvy on social media aspects. I found her 
And so I reached out to her and she did her little spiel that they do where you reach out and you say, why did you leave? Where did you go? And they say, would you like to talk about it? And so they do the little. And the next thing you know is I got pulled over into the world of limelight. Lime life, limelight, whatever. Well, it was limelight at the time. Okay, so, so I, when you joined, it was still yes. limelight. Yes, I was okay. one of the first 1,000 people that were in. Oh, wow. And for those yeah. people that are listening that maybe have heard of limelight or limelight is what's called now, uh, they yeah. are featured in the anti-MLM podcast, The Dream. So <laughs> yeah, they're in that yeah. one too. So there's a little backstory. You can, you can listen to that one too. Jane Marie <laughs> is awesome. You should check her out. Anyway, continue. We joined right underneath that lead director at the time. She was the top leg director and she guaranteed us. There were about six of us. She guaranteed us that we would become the next directors. $450 to join them. So I had to unload all of my garbage from Unique. This is awesome because they put the, I, I did this and they put the kibosh with what I did. They put the kibosh to this practice real quick. The weddings down in, in the city of Pittsburgh, I have like this big elaborate thing. Why don't you come do the makeup for these wedding events with me? I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, oh shit. This might be good. It might not be good. We'll see. So meanwhile, I'm like, I got to get my skills honed in because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Because what if they look like clowns? You know, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for a while with this because they don't need to look like Tammy Faye Baker at the weddings. <laughs> She's oh doing nice hair. That would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait for a little bit, right? So I, I'm buying my time with her. Meanwhile, she's pissed to the nines with me that I like potentially took away her clients. So I'm just being nice with her because our daughters go to school together and they were like, I think kind of friends, but maybe not. So in the meantime, I'm, I'm an OR nurse. And so I work all day in the OR. And in the, in the meantime, limelight wants you to have these mandatory sessions where all like every evening you have to sit for hours and listen to these lives in their back room where you have to listen for hours about you have to know every single product and every single ingredient in the products and they quiz you on this and I'm sitting there like please don't read to me it is so offensive but they want you to know what's in the bamboo renew who the hell cares what's in the bamboo renew this stuff's pretty, pretty sweet, but you know, they're rubbing it on their legs and I'm thinking, what if I rub it on my face? Right. So I'm mixing it up and I'm putting it on my face and everybody's like, what are you doing? I'm like dermabrasion. So three times a week, I'm dermabrading my face and my face clears up. Then the next thing you know, is there, don't do what Lori's doing. That's highly unadvisable, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I didn't say to do it. I'm doing it. I didn't go out and say, do as I do. You know, I was never telling people what to do. So I was just like, I'm the bastard child, right? So, but everybody's just like, like, put a target on your back. <laughs> yeah. 
it's everybody's like, but look at her face. So they were like, look at her before and after. First, she looks like meth girl. Now her face is so pretty. I'm like, oh my God. So the next thing I know is like, people are sharing my before and after picture that was on my page. They're taking my picture and then saying, look at this. This is my client. And I'm like, holy crap. And I had other people, other people I was friends with in there going, so-and-so said that you're her client. Not that you're a, you're a, a limelight distributor. I'm like, what? And what? I'm like, but, and then I would go and lo and behold, they were publicly posting it. I'm like, oh, it is so on. So wow. I, I would of go. Of course right on they did go, that too. That's like such an yeah, MLM thing. I'm not surprised. They did. So I started making it my profile picture. And I'm like, isn't that funny? You're taking me and using my likeness and posting me as your client when I'm actually somebody in limelight and I didn't give you permission and I don't buy it from you oh it was it was like this shit storm so this went on and on and on and they had this images of these people and it was just it became a farcic just I wanted to call it a farcical because it's not even a real word but it was just a farce to watch all this crap in the back room you'd see people's before and afters they you could clearly see that they were photoshopping like if they had crepe on their neck, and I mean, I'm 50, but if you saw crepe on their neck, you could tell they smoothed it out with, with Photoshop, like grossly obvious Photoshop. People that didn't know how to Photoshop or the tan, like that tan cream, they would do so much of it. It looked like they went through a pizza oven and it was just ridiculous. It would be streaked and stuff. Like there's a way to put tanning lotion on not that you would see these crazy streaks on their face. It was like, woman, you should not even leave the house. You look ridiculous. I think most customers well, or potential customers that these people at MLMs are showing these mm-hmm. pictures to, they mm-hmm. know it's Photoshopped too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, um, that's clearly <laughs> a filter. Yes. And they don't care. I mean, they had, they, they, then they started selling the snake oil. I shouldn't, I should probably not say this, but it is, it is. It's, it's this stuff, it's called permifera. It's these, they call them monkey balls back here. You know what those are? They're these things of yes. osage, osage balls that fall off of trees. I mean, they have no, no use in society other than if you want to throw them at somebody, it's going to hurt them really, really good. And you give them a monkey ball on their leg. They supposedly you can scare off like spiders and stuff in your house. You can't eat them. You can't do anything with them. Some guy got this crazy idea. He could grind them up and I don't know, maybe it takes a thousand of them to get any oil out of them. He ground them down. He put them in these teeny tiny bottles. People started smearing this oil on their face and it was supposedly able to, it was ridiculous. I mean, they had just no business selling this stuff. Okay, I just looked it up. Okay. I went on their website and I looked it up. <laughs> and it's called One Drop Wonder. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and it's, it's the Palmafera oil, universal oil for all skin types. It's a half of an ounce for this bottle. <laughs> a half an ounce. Yeah. And it is $56. <gasps> oh my God, they jumped up in price. 
Oh, that's so disgusting. Does it say what it cures or what it does anymore? They used to have all these ridiculous claims to it. Yes, uh, it says that it is a cold pressed oil isolated from the seeds of the Maclura pomifera fruit. I don't know how to say that. Uh, The precious oil is cold press extracted and can be mixed with any of our products to act as a booster to enhance the product's benefits. Still like nothing, it's really saying anything at all. Right. (laughs) Uh, Right. It's a naturally abundant botanical purchased and purified within our local harvest communities in Iowa. It comes from Iowa? Uh, (laughs) I I can get them here in Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It has... It says it has a high impact on performance and a low impact on the environment, but it doesn't really say um, that it does anything at all, really. Um, wow. It, oh. it, it just says that this oil will enhance the benefits of their other products if you mix them together. Wow. So basically it's snake oil. Yeah. Uh, you know. It is what it is. It's another crappy MLM product that's it is. way too much and, and does is, is, is low quality, you know? It's, it's funny because when I was pulled into that group by the director, I, I was underneath her and they had this little thing that they did. It didn't start right away. It was subtle. And after I came in, I got this message probably two to three to four months after I was in, she reached out and she said, Hey, she goes, my friend that came over from unique is coming underneath me. And I'm going to move you underneath her. And I'm like, what? And I'm thinking to myself, how, how is this possible? And they had started this little game and what they do is they realign people under others to boost up who they want. And I had never seen this before. And they started this little game where they started shifting people and they moved people that were doing really well. And in the meantime, they had told us to start publicly posting everything about our lives. They wanted all our statuses public. They wanted all our money that we were earning underneath them public. When we hit our, that position that she had initially promised that a bunch of us were going to earn, like the six of us were going to earn. She automatically, this girl automatically was given a position that she came in and didn't have to make. And I thought that was really shady. And she got a whole downline assigned to her right off the bat, which was ridiculously unfair based on friendship. And so I had a problem with that. And I mean, it was a crazy amount of people. And this woman was worthless. Never heard from her. She never reached out to anybody. She didn't have any kind of interactions with anybody she didn't hold team meetings she didn't do anything she wasn't moving I mean it was just she was like the most non-existent wet noodle you could ever have this was the first step in if you want to really tick me off this this 
it doesn't take much. It's there's little things that that people can do and and not being not having veracity. This is a good way to to show it. And and they showed it pretty quick. This was the first first real way that they pulled it. I woke up one morning and all of a sudden I had earned myself. I had three downline. I earned them myself. I went out and I actively recruited three people and I did my, you know, they had assignments where they wanted you to hold lives. And I could see that they were checking in and, you know, actually watching them and stuff. And I woke up one morning and I had nine people signed underneath me out of the blue. And oh, I was like, wow. oh, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I was like, oh my God, they've been watching. And I thought, well, this, maybe this is, this is cool. Cause all of a sudden I had my three plus these nine and that was 12 people. And that should have elevated me to a different title. And so I went and I started clicking on these people. And then I saw what I saw about these people, all, all nine of them. And it pissed me off immediately. They were all inactive. They were all people that had either quit or were terminated from the team from from limelight and I was like what in the f is going on so I reached out to my direct upline her name was Nicole and I said riddle me this I said why did you assign me a bunch of people that are no longer with limelight and she said oh I thought maybe you could help us out she said, none of them have paid their active memberships because we had to pay a monthly um, computer fee for our, our um, like our online, um, we had to pay the, our website. You are so wrong. You know what? I said, I'm going to do you the favor. I'm going to show you how this is going to work. I said, I'll make one outreach per person and I'm going to get their response. And I'm going to document it and then it's going to get real fun for you. And I outreached to one, to them one time each. They were so violently mean to me. It wasn't even funny. I was called the C word. I was called a bitch. I was called so many things. And I heard so many ugly things about limelight. I was like, I'm just reaching out to you to try to understand why you were assigned to me. And I couldn't care less if you owe a thousand dollars or five dollars. I said, you're never going to hear from me again. And I kept all that stuff. And I went right to um, like the CEO. And I said, your director and her immediate downline, Nicole, Lindsay and Nicole have assigned a bunch of people to me that are no longer with your company. And if your practice is for me to harass people because they owe you money, and if you think that this is going to motivate me into harassing people for you, because you have customer service people that don't do their jobs. I will take this public. And I got no reply. And those people went so fast off of my, my downline list. It wasn't even funny. And I blocked them all on Facebook. Oh, wow. 
Okay. So your team starts creatively stacking people, moving people around, and they throw a bunch of inactives and hope that you could somehow convince them to come back. But of yeah. course, instead, you you reach out to very angry ex-consultants who are not happy with the company at all, and you have no yeah. idea. And this is why I yeah. tell people a lot of times that we have to remember that the, the person that person on the other side of that instant message, even if it sounds like a cold call or a copy paste, that is another right. person. And, and you is. don't know what they've been told right. as to what they're doing or what their mental right. state is at that point or how right. many people have already said the exact same thing to them. Right. So we always try to show a little bit of compassion, uh, you know, and, 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 and not call names, guys. Um, yeah. I know sometimes we want to. It's frustrating. But um, yeah, but I understand airing your grievances. I probably would have done it a little more politely, be like, hey, you're not getting any, any money out of me. And these oh. are the reasons why. And you should probably leave too. Get out before they get you. Oh, yeah. Well, they had gone on to like Keller Street. Oh, well, you know. See, oh, yeah. They, yeah, they I was <laughs> like, okay, well, then never mind. They just, they just dropped yeah. from, from one frying pan yeah. into another yeah. frying pan. Got it. I was like, yeah. I was like, Arrivederci. I thought yeah. maybe they were crusaders on the outside. They were just <laughs> Huns that jumped ship to another another ship. Okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, the, the things I started seeing, it was just, it was, my eyes were getting opened a little bit more. And I was like, oh, this place is a shit show. And it's just, it's not, they want to sound and look refined, but you know, the makeup is, is oily. It's in a pan, you know, things are weird. They're just shifting. It's like, it's like when you played that game, when you're a kid and everybody's running around and trying to find that last chair and sit down and then somebody's left without a chair. Well, that's, you know, everybody's doing that. It's like a, I don't know. Yeah. Musical chairs. That's it. It was just weird. It was weird. And, you know, so, you know, I'm watching and people were getting promoted that, you, you knew darn well didn't deserve it and I'm like okay something so, things aren't adding up and things this was all still when it was limelight yes okay yeah. the very beginning and like the very inceptions of MLM like a lot of really shady things happened like moving people around and yeah. firing people and replacing them with family members and and weird yes. stuff like that's the nepotism and the cronyism yeah. and all the stuff that happens it happens usually very e- like very early on in the MLM process. Yep. Um, yep. So that's interesting that you experienced that too. So what happened that made it turn from lime light into lime life? There was something, I think they had a restraining order that they had to change their name. Somebody came after them because that name was in use by somebody else. Uh, but, okay, um, so like a copyright or something. Okay. Yeah. So I left before that. I, um, well, the, you know, they always had us posting everything openly and publicly. And so, oh, stupidly, I was doing that all the time. And in the meantime, I had begun getting my skills up and was doing some of my makeup on the weekends with bridal stuff. And you know, with, with the exception of one or two that wanted to look like some Disney character, I was doing okay. I'm a corporate nurse. And for me to go, like, occasionally I had to go into town. I work from home. Occasionally for me to go into town to work, I could take our 
local trolley, it's a train like a like a light rider transit. I could take that all the way into town, and it would take us all the way over to um, where this place is for a concert venue. And so one night after working, there was a concert I really wanted to go see, and I had meet and greet passes to meet the band. So I figured I would just go over to the, the concert venue after work and I had the, the tickets and my husband couldn't go and our daughter was young. So he stayed home. Let's talk about this. Let's go back to the beginning before the concert. Okay. Okay. And, and let's talk about the beginning because you, you mm-hmm. mentioned Lime Life being very adamant about you guys mm-hmm. posting a lot on social media making Mm -hmm. sure everything was public so that everybody Mm -hmm. could see it, that everybody was going to be open to seeing this opportunity, asking about the opportunity, interacting with you, you manipulating the algorithm. They always talk about this, right? So that your post gets seen by people. Right. And if your post is private, then people won't see it. And your friends, friends, friends can't see it. So everything needs to be public, public, public. Post where you're at, tag where you're at, tag who you're with. Right. Post, 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 right. post. This is very, very normal in MLM. This is right. very normal, uh, really only in MLM to be so right. unbelievably like, I'm so out there right now. Um, right. Okay. So I know that I experienced that literally sharing everything, even like going out to lunch and being like, I'm here because of the MLM, posting where you are at the time you're yeah. at, where you're at with the, t- the tags and everything easy to find. Yeah. So I totally right. understand. And I know people listening are like, yes, yes. I remember that too. Yeah. So now that yeah. we're in that mindset, right? Like that's, yes. that's the mindset that that's being pushed down your throat constantly. Right. So walk us through what happened because mm-hmm. of, of, of what was going on. Well, like you said, everything has to be public so you know I had been up at my my husband's um aunt and uncle's house they live in a mansion up on Conneaut Lake I was sitting on the grass I had posted a picture of his uncle's uh really sweet Shelby Mustang I had taken a ride in it um he had reached out he had at the time an Instagram page um he had posted on the Instagram page, which by the way, I had shut down, um, that he was somebody that hung out with um, celebrities. His pictures were all with him with celebrities. Um, and that's all he posted pictures of. And it was, he looked like somebody that was seemingly somebody important. I have a question. Did he follow mm-hmm. like your limelight Instagram page and comment on any of like your makeup looks or anything he put he caught well it was merged I just posted on one one page and it wasn't anything I didn't I didn't really post anything on that page like I had a a, another page but I wasn't actively keeping up with it and I just kind of was trying to be an influencer at that point like I had a, I had an actual WordPress page where I did my limelight stuff and he was actually out following that. So I had his IP address and I had him tagged in from his location in San Jose. 
So, and I didn't know who he was at that time, where his location, like who he was per se, that it was him on that page. I just knew somebody from San Jose kept logging in on it because so, they were. So your first interactions with him were just you, was it commenting or you just noticed you had a lot of people mm. viewing from San Jose and it seemed fishy? It was him, strictly him on from San, San Jose. And it was him in San Jose and it would track him to San Francisco and it would track him from his workplace at Turn It In out there in San Francisco, which is an anti-plagiarism company. And coincidentally, they also have a location here in Pittsburgh, which is about 15 minutes from my house. So just keep that in mind. Okay. And I don't look exotic, but I do in hindsight at the time I looked like a dead ringer of his wife and he didn't oh, say anything okay. about having a wife he didn't have anything on his page that suggested he had a wife and so I was just like ha 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 and on my page I have pictures of my child and my husband I was just like and at this point I have removed those because I don't want anybody to see my child I don't care if they see my husband and I don't let, I don't hide that I'm married, but I don't have any pictures anywhere of my, of my daughter at this point. I keep her hidden because she's 13 and I'm so protective of her after this, but um, he quickly, and I'm also, I should give some backstory about my history before I was a nurse for seven years. I worked in lockdown with, um, violent sexual offenders and I was a caseworker counselor so when his behaviors took on that kind of tone I knew real quick he was starting to grim so he started acting strange within about a week I could tell he was starting to grim within that week's period of time he sent me dick pics and I started quickly going through his entire Instagram, which was ridiculous, about a 15,000 pages worth of crap. He had posted garbage about how he was the son of an ex-KGB um, emigrant who came to the United States. It didn't add up. I, I looked up the guy's name. The guy never immigrated during the time where he was born. It didn't make any sense. And I can verify that now. I have all that still screen captured um there was just a bunch of goofy stuff so when he sent me those dick pics unbeknownst to me I didn't know about two-factor authentication and they were embedded with um as soon as I opened them they contained a packet and he was able to hack into my Instagram page and he also hacked into my Samsung phone it hacked into all my passwords to all my accounts he was hacked into all like my especially my instagram account i had in the meantime i had googled his nickname that he was using on instagram everything he used that nickname for all of his online stuff he was in forums he had been in a prison forum asking people how to stay out of prison Prisoners were asking him why the hell he was asking that question. Um, it was chilling to see the things he was out questioning. And then more important, his mother had a, like a 
public Instagram. That's where I saw that he was married because his wedding picture she had been posting. So I got to work and I found out his real name. He has an alias that's a Russian name. In the meantime, he was also on my LinkedIn page where I got his actual real name, which is not Russian. And he was, that's where I saw he was from San Jose. And I found out he worked at Turn It In from his LinkedIn page. I hurried up and blocked him on there, found his wife, messaged her after I got all of the screenshots of everything, including his dick pic, sent all that to her. And then I blocked her too. She in turn went to an attorney. She divorced him. And then at that point, he had a motive. He, he had an MO. Since he had been, oh, he had, yeah, he had a pretty high um, account uh, reputation with Turnitin. He was doing pretty well in that company. I had his, his login with them and his wife got all this information too. So she must have reported him to them. They fired him. So he lost everything at that point. He had been coming to this, this location. So he knew where I was at. He must have oh my God. found he must have been on the tee with me at some point. He knew my he knew my entire schedule. At one point oh he had reached out to me at work. He reached How out to me at work. Do you think he had been stalking you at this point? I don't know. I would say a good year, two years. It was more than limelight, but this gave him a really good way to uh, have fun. Okay. So Um, hold on. You said that he could possibly could have even been stalking you since before you were in limelight. I I mean, it makes sense if somebody sees you on social media and then all of a sudden you're in this company that promotes sharing everything. It does. Everything had been, well, my Instagram, I never was active on Instagram until Limelight though. That's the thing. Like I, I didn't have, I had no Instagram. It was just like pictures. It was not me. It wasn't, just there was nothing. Perfect storm. Yeah. And then he I just, mean, it could happen I ramped to anybody. it up with them. Yeah. It could happen and to I anybody sharing any bit of information. Yeah. yeah. And that with them is when I, posted my pictures of me and I really took off because they're like start posting things on Instagram start opening things up on this and show people where you live show people where you go Instagram does not care they just shut one down and all you have to do is open up a new email and you're right back in and he was already still in my account so he was able to be in there. And in the meantime, I had made under my account, my daughter, her own Instagram, and it's a sub account of mine. And I had called it test puppet one night, because I thought I'm not putting in her name. I'm not going to let her show her face on it. It's going to be private. And I was thinking to myself, she wanted it so bad, but how am I going to keep this locked down? I don't want anybody, you know, only her friends can know that she has this. And I get this message in it from him, from his new account. And I screenshot it. And he said to me, you better quit stalking me. I know where you live. 
I know where you work. I know everything about you. And I will go to your police department and I will tell them you're stalking me. And I was sitting there like, what in the hell? And I could just tell by the way this was right written and I could see his, his Russian name on it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's him. And he's, and the way he was doing this, I thought he's bluffing. And it was in January of 2018. And I thought he's bluffing, he's bluffing. He's in San Jose, he's bluffing because at number one, I'm not stalking him. I have nothing to do with this guy, he's a moron. Not realizing this guy is completely off, off his court. I had no idea what had happened to him, none. Couldn't now, care less. Now at this time, are you still with Limelight? Yes, yes. And because what was about to happen to me hadn't happened yet, but I okay. was soon gonna be done. I was soon gonna be done. Oh yeah. So, so we're gonna talk about what happened and the concert and all of this. So I, yeah. I wanna let people know that the content warning that I mentioned at the beginning of this is here. Uh, if you have sensitivities with sexual assault, uh, I would skip forward and skip this part. Um, I will put the timestamps in the show notes so that you can skip over this part if you would like. All right, this is your last warning. And okay, go ahead. So about a good, let's see, about a good month goes by. So that was January 12th. I got that threat from him, 2018. And I honestly thought he was bluffing. And um, so I work at home and didn't say anything to my husband. And my husband didn't know that I was being stalked by him all that time. I had been getting, you know, the app Spotify. Well, I had, a, we have a family account under there. I had had to change my account I had to delete it and get new ones created under my husband's account several times because he kept finding it and he would make, he must have a family account of his own because he would get these fake accounts and he would follow it and he would build these harassing song lists. It would say Monday and then the song lists underneath them would be really dark and scary and it would either be scary by the lyrics or it'd be by the title and i would read you know i reach out to spotify and i'd be like can you make this person go away you know i can't make this private and they were like yeah but we don't have that capability and i'm like oh my god so you know this went on and on and on and i knew it was him i went to the police department i'm like i'm being harassed by this guy and they would just laugh it off at this point did you tell your mm -hmm. husband that something was going on? I had told him and I don't think he knew how to process it because I, he's such a softie and he grew up in such a non, like he grew up in such a non-confrontational, like weird environment. I don't know how to explain it with him he's never had to deal with people that are so malicious or so malign. Like, and he didn't know 
he didn't know about the dick pics. Like I didn't, I never told him about them. They were so upsetting to me. I, I honestly didn't want to trouble him with those because they'd never happened to me before. And I thought I had dealt with them. Nobody should ever have to, it, it was just, to me, it was so traumatic. And I, I just was so disgusted with that. And it, at my age, who even gets those, you know? I, I, I don't even know why people do that. I, mm. I don't, I don't know why. Like unsolicited, a, not oh like, no. I just, I don't get it. No, you know, I mean, <laughs> nobody was, wants to see it. Thanks. No, no, put it back. It, it, you know, first of all, I got like one that was just him with an erect dick in his hand. And then, then there was one of him masturbating. It was like, it was insulting enough to get the first one. The second one is just insult the injury. It was, I didn't want to insult him, but you just don't know in this day and age, you know, where people's minds are. It was gross. And there was a run of people after that, that came at me with dick pics. And it was like, I just started blogging people after that because of the response I got from him, it was horrific. And I didn't realize until some time later of the malicious packets that come into these pictures. Yeah, so wow. appear, yeah, and it's embedded inside the picture. So it just seems like he was grooming you for such a long time and just harassing you and just chipping away at you. Yeah, and it, but it, it, it was fast. It was fast. And he actually, he had, took a screenshot of of a picture and it was weird because it was when I was sitting outside of my best friend's house I had hair extensions in and I looked like shit and he said I really like this one and I'm like are you blind it was embarrassing and he was like I really like this one and I thought and it was a picture I was posting to her to make her laugh in hindsight there was just he was he was definitely grooming I found out later on, it, they actually, he actually plays a game with people online. He actually is following a lot of influencers right now. So there's, there's definitely a theme. He has no shame in his game. And I am very fearful for the, for the girls that he's following right now. And he has a common look to the girls he's following. But back to the story. So... I get a knock on my door on February 20th. And I remember this day because it's my husband's birthday. And this day was particularly um, stressful for me because my Spotify list that day was extremely dark by my follower. Um, the song lists I was seeing by the follower were explicit that they wanted to kill me. They wanted to rape me. Um, there was a lot of dark songs like the, the group Possum Kingdom has a song. The lyrics, when you break them down, is about somebody that wants to make you feel comfortable around them and then, then, then kill you. And it was a song list like that. And I started screenshotting all of these lists because I thought, am I losing my mind? This person is explicitly making these lists and they're all like terrifying so meanwhile the, there was a knock on my front door and nobody comes to our front door and I was like who the heck's knocking on my door so I go out and I knocked on the door and in my pocket of my sweatshirt that day I actually had a cubiton in my pocket and a cubiton is this defensive weapon 
do you know what that is? Your look on your face is is pretty impressive. Is it like the it's like the pointy stabby one, right? Yes. 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 It looks like a really nasty and it, it comes to a point and it, if you hit it hard enough, you can actually if you you should take it underneath somebody's jaw, but you can break their wrist, you can break anything on their body. And um he had made me so fearful working in my own home. I was carrying this in, on me, knowing that he doesn't even live on the same area of the United States. It was a policeman knocking on my door. I could imagine your fear. Yeah. I could he, imagine he, your fear in, in sitting in your home with a with a weapon, like holding a weapon. Oh my yeah. God, geez. Yeah. Oh. This got... This cop says to me, he goes, and I've never seen this cop. He goes, hey, he goes, I just had a call. I'm checking to see about what's going on. He goes, I had this call from this, this guy in California. He claims you're stalking him. Oh, really? He goes, yeah. I said, and he said his name. I said, huh, funny you say that. I said, because he's been sending me threats online for about the last month. He goes, are you kidding? I said, do I look like somebody that's kidding? I said, my hair's in a kabuki bun. I've been crying all day and I'm trying to work. I said, do I look like somebody that stalks? I said, I'm married with a kid. I'm carrying a kabuki weapon. I said, do I look like somebody that's harming somebody else or threatening to harm? I'm the one that's the emotional wreck. He goes, he goes, no. He goes, you actually look like you're, you're an emotional nightmare. I said, yeah not in I wouldn't say nightmare I said but I'm a mess uh, and he started walking away I said hey can I ask you a question he goes what's that I said don't you find it a little strange that a, somebody called you from from a, a man called you from from California saying that I'm stalking him do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find I promise it's more than you think your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake 
These bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. He goes, oh, yeah, he goes, that is strange. I said, you think? I said, and he and he knows my address. I said, you didn't think that was a little stocky? He goes, yeah. I said, you're a real awesome cop. Oh, wow. I mean, it is strange that it uh, is. it's, it, it's a little odd. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, I have it that he knew where I live. I have it in print. He knows where I live. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Meanwhile, I don't have his location of where he lives. I don't have any of that. And he wrote it to me. I know where you live. I know where you work, blah, blah, blah. So he did all his due diligence to track me down. I'm like, you son of a bitch. So I have all this. Now, this is the 20th of February. My concert is the 22nd of February. So my husband comes home and I tell him, I'm like, huh, I got something to tell you. And I said, that guy in in California, he's been telling me that, uh, or he's been telling the cops I'm stalking him. He's like, what? I said, yeah. I said, he knows where we live. And I, I said, you know, I know that you're one of these peace, love, and happiness people, but, you know, how good are the alarms on this house? Because I don't feel safe. So I decided against my better judgment, I was going to that concert. After work, I took the tea down to work. After work, I went on the T, I went over to AE concert. I had my uh, my my concert stuff, and I had my big Dooney and Burke purse. And they're like, "You have to throw it in the trash." I'm like, "Nope, not doing it." And I had um, the owner for Tequila Cowboys say, "You know, you can go ahead and lock that up here." So I had my phone and I had my my wallet. And after what happened two days before, there was a cop, a, a city cop inside the building and I said hey I just want to let you know I've been getting some threats online from a guy but he is supposed to be living in California I don't see him here but you know just letting you know so the concert seemed to be pretty pretty cool didn't see anybody there went across the street went to collect my my purse I went to give the bartender a $50 tip when she got it. She wouldn't accept the tip. So I thought, well, I'll just buy a tiny little glass of wine. So she pours the wine. She went around the side of the bar to pour it, which was strange. But um, 
she comes back with it and I go to sign my my slip and place was pretty packed and I get hit on my left shoulder by this kid who hit me really hard and as he slams into me he leans over my glass of wine and I'm like I gave him this look like backup and as he had leaned over I couldn't quite tell if he had dropped something into it but when I took a, a sip of it it was super salty and wine is never salty and when I worked with people I know when I worked with offenders and sexual abuse people I can tell you that if it tastes salty do not drink it so that sip was all I drank it had been spiked with something either by the bartender who was female or by that kid who dropped something in. I had about five minutes of memory before whatever hit me was like, it was like womp. And that kid never left my side. And I remember people calling him Jordy and he didn't seem to be associated with anybody there. He claimed he was there with work. And I remember thinking I had to keep as much of my faculties with me so I could collect as much of this memory as I could. I had to try to remember what he was wearing, what he looked like. He was definitely half my age. Was he the guy that was harassing me from California? No. We'll get to this. <laughs> okay. I, I'm like, who is this person? Oh, yeah. He, um, at one point, I had a scallop black sweater on. He was put in the bar, in this packed bar. Not one person came to my aid. He, and I'm clearly incapacitated. He was putting his hand inside the top of my sweater and down in my pants, and nobody came to my aid. I'm at the bar. What? Nobody stopped him. Um, thank God for Google location on a phone. Never ever turn that off. Even if your phone dies, that will keep your location active inside a phone. He walked me out of that place when they shut it down for the night, when they closed. When I remember bits and pieces, he had said something about he was going to walk me across the street to the tea, tea stop. And then he said that the tea was closed down for the night. And he shoved me in his truck. I remember hitting my head on the roof of the, of the inside of the truck. And his, it was a big quad cab gray truck. He had to clear things off of his passenger seat. It was just so, just full of papers and stuff. And, um, and then he took me down. We have, um, Pittsburgh has three rivers and it was, we were close to one of the rivers. He took me down to where the boat stocks. That's where I saw Mr. California, who was there. God. And that's where I was 
assaulted for the first time, sexually assaulted on the top of a car face down by Mr. California and then put back in the truck and taken to the Hyatt Hotel. And I was taken to the second floor and then I was punched in the face. And when I woke up, I was face down naked on the bed. And there's no way that one person can unclothe a person who's been unconscious. You can't take off somebody's clothes with dead weight. I'm a nurse, you can't do it. You can't pick up dead weight and place them on a bed. I woke up to being sodomized. And when I was pulled off of the bed, I woke up in a, there was a pool of blood and clots underneath me. And I had never been sexually, I had never had anal sex before. So I was just, that was a, a horrible experience and um, not one I ever wanna have happened before or again. And um, so then he took me into the shower and continued that assault and there was blood everywhere in the bathroom. I had a, a watch on, it was a Samsung watch that paired up to my phone and the watch had died. So I, it had its own phone number. I couldn't even call out. I had, I had been able to escape into the bathroom, lock the door. I tried the phone, or the watch wouldn't work. I couldn't even call for help. And um, I couldn't pee, my urethra was tore. Oh I had to pee so bad. Oh my God. And he, he kept taking me back to the bed and um, I had to come out of that bathroom. I had, I had to see if I could get my phone and um, kept pulling me back to the bed and strangling me and, and raping me. This went on for eight hours. He wouldn't, he wouldn't go to sleep. Oh Ironically, God. he had two phones and he was, he started getting texts about five o'clock in the morning. And first he said his sister was texting him and then he said his mother and it didn't make, that didn't make sense. So I knew, I knew whoever else had been in the room with him was texting him. And I'm fairly, fairly certain that the assault that happened while I was unconscious was videotaped. My phone, um, my, my Samsung phone had been locked. It was, I had it password protected with my phone, with my fingerprint. So when I was out, um, they must've used my fingerprint and they wiped my phone. They, they got like everything. They used that, they used something called Samsung Smart and they took all of my accounts and they moved them over to one of those two phones. So, and I have proof of this. Um, Mr. California was able to hack into my Facebook account from California. He took my husband, who was my Facebook legacy, and he removed him. I have the IP address. Facebook showed me that he logged in from San Jose. It took a month to get all of my Google passwords back, my email accounts back. Um, he removed all of my, like, you know how you can put people in on Facebook to help you get back into your account. He wiped them out. 
he unblocked himself from my Facebook account. <sighs> oh my God. Like I'm sitting over yeah. here. I, this is so unbelievable. I, I, I'm wiping my eyes at this point. Um, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I, I, it was, it was, it was a night of hell. When I, when I woke up, like he was this, this other dude, this Jordy guy, whose name is Jared was holding me by my wrist. And I kept saying to him, I need to get home. I have a little girl. I was trying everything we were taught. If you're ever sexually offended to rationalize and try to show that you're a human being and, and try to show them that you have a reason to be alive. Like I was so afraid my trachea was going to break. And um, like when I got to the ER the next, well, like I was just, there were, he had shaved his, his thighs. He had stubble that was probably about like just enough that it hurt. It hurt so bad every time he thrust. And um, he had shaved all of his body hair. He had gynecomastia. He had man boobs. I had remembered everything I could. So at seven o'clock, he jumped up. He's like, I have to go to work. And it was just like, what the fuck? And I went, I had to go, I had, I scrambled when he was in the shower. I'm like, I have to find my clothes. They were buried underneath the ottoman in this giant hotel room. The phones were missing. I mean, this, this place was staged. It was staged. The phones were missing. Um, there wasn't anything in this room. There was nothing. I couldn't have, even if I would have knocked him out in a way that I, if I could have, I would have never found a phone. I would have had to run out of there the night before, like naked. I would have never found my clothes. My boots were, one boot was, was hidden behind the, 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 um, the couch. One was hidden in the closet. I mean, they, they did everything to try to make sure that I was going to have a hell of a time leaving this room. So I finally got out of there. I was placed on the wrong I placed myself on the wrong tee in the wrong direction. I couldn't find a cop at the first stop. I rode the whole, I finally routed myself the right way. I, could, I had such a hard time sitting. It hurt so bad. I finally got back to my car and that was the only time I could finally charge up my phone. And um, when it finally charged up, I called my husband. He had gone to work. I'm like, why, where are you? He said, I'm at work. I said, I did I never came home. I was so mad at him at that point. I was hurt. I was mad. And he said, I said, what did you tell our daughter? And he said, I told her you were upstairs sleeping. I was like, oh my God. I said, well, I said, yeah, that look on your face is exactly what? how I felt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I still can't, I still can't forgive him for that. It's been three years, four, three years almost four years. I said, um, I said, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm not contaminating myself. I have to go to the ER. I need a rape kit. And so he met me. I went to the local ER. They then called the city of Pittsburgh to come out. And the rape people, the, the Pittsburgh Action Against Rape sent a, a man advocate 
who then says to me, yeah. And then he goes, I'll sit with you in here while you get the rape kit done. If you want, I say, get the fuck out of here. What is happening right now? It was awful. He goes, he goes, but I'm gay. I said, I don't care if you're the son of Christ. I said, get out of my room. I, I just got a, a fucking rape by a man. I said, I don't need another man. My husband's not even going to be in here. I don't want a man near me. I don't want a man touching me. That's why they have female nurses in here doing this kit. I don't want you near me at all. I don't want you holding my hand. I, I don't know why. Why did they send you? I can see you being an advocate for a man that was raped, not a woman. You're not an advocate for me. So they sent him away. Then the two city detectives came. And so they, they took my report. So the, the, it, this was all collected within two hours of me getting home. So here I am cracking jokes because I, now I'm trying to cope. And my mind is not wrapping around this at all. I have, my, I have a huge trauma in, in the rectal vault. It's, it's just a mess back there. My urethra was torn. Um, I still can't pee. And, and they weren't even going to try to straight cast me. I was so glad for that. Although I'm like, how am I going to pee? I still can't pee. And um, then the worst part is, is they brought in this nurse's aide, the rectal swab that she, she collected the semen with. She threw half of that away. So they had to do the, that part of the exam again. I'm like, you know, I said, to, I said to them, I said, do you understand I'm being violated again at this point? Because they have to put a speculum in. A vaginal speculum. I said, "This what? none of this is okay." Why? Why so much carelessness? I don't know, but this happens quite a bit, and it, it was so bad. And so, this the, our state. Like, if you elect the there's a like um there's a, a a place that'll pay for these sexual assault, you know, things that the kids they'll pay for them, and they cost a thousand dollars to do the kit. I got a bill within a month for that thousand dollars. And I'm like, I am not paying for this. And I had to, I had to fight that. So it was just like so many things. It was like being traumatized over and over and over again. This guy got away with so much shit. So the city comes up, they did that. They, they were handed the rape kit. They, they were handed my clothes. I had to leave in a paper, paper outfit. My, my good jewelry was gone, which had these great big jewels all over it, which have this guy's fingerprint on them. So all this time goes by, I'm reaching out to this detective over and over again. Have you found anything out about the DNA? Did you get a match? D do you have anything? Is it in VICAP system? Anything yet? I'm not hearing anything back from him. And finally, he's just like, he, he sends me this awful, nasty, like just keep in touch with your police department. And I'm like, what the hell? Next thing I know is it was this, a year ago, this past December, my detective from the city shows up as somebody I should know on Facebook, which is an algorithm that means that he was looking at my profile. He's showing up under, the, under a fake profile name of Wonderbread. He has a fake profile. So I reported him to his, our local DA. They have done nothing about this. 
what what is he doing on this fake profile? He's posting QAnon shit. He's not doing his job. So he's posting he's, conspiracy theories and like just having, you know, be, having bad behavior under an anonymous account so he can't get yeah. caught. Yeah. And he's apparently trolling his rape victims and looking yeah. up their prof- profiles and not doing his job. And so I reached out to his supervisor and I was like, what is going on with my with my rape kit? And she goes, oh, it, it's still in the locker here. I said, so you never submitted it she goes those cost too much to to send in I said what about my clothing yeah I said what about my clothing I said I read on I I read online is it true that about 98 percent of the rape gifts never get turned in she goes yeah I said why is that she goes it costs too much but they each cost a grand to turn in I said so that's why nothing gets reported and they walk for free I said how many people have to get raped before somebody gets gets apprehended i said what the hell that's wild that's insane like what is happening and that's what happens so it was my fault that i posted online and my own sister-in-law told me i got raped because i posted that that i was excited about going to that online first of all it is not your fault that you were raped by your stalker I i will never forgive her for that what is like I, I'm she ought to be lucky I'm strong. She should be lucky I'm strong enough to, to know that it is not my fault. Because if I was one of these people that wasn't in a good place, that would be enough to send somebody over the edge. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so this happens to you. You're working through it. You're recovering through it. You're still in limelight. I'm assuming, yep. I'm assuming that this very incredibly traumatic experience is going to affect your limelight business in some way. It did. It did. So let's talk about how your trauma was used probably, I'm just going to assume as a weapon against you. Yeah. It, um, it stopped me in my tracks from doing anything with limelight. It, it I mean, I had to deal with myself. I went to a therapist for a while. My husband chose not to. And so that didn't make things easy at home. Um, you know, cause as far as he was concerned, it was just need, it needed to be me that, that dealt with the therapy. And, you know, it is what it is, but I also had to step away from that because it was the reason I got assaulted. And I knew that, and I couldn't be okay with participating in that. And so when I stopped doing that stuff, all of those friends, so to speak, that I was friendly with in that group started getting distant. I stopped participating in those mandatory meetings. Um, I stopped getting the accolades from my upline and I really didn't care. And I didn't sell anything. And what I started doing was paying off my credit cards and just quietly started making the commitment that I was getting out. The final straw was what I started watching going on 
from a different set of eyes within the higher ups in the group. One of which was this interesting bird, I'll call him this. <laughs> and he, um, everybody wanted us to follow his Facebook lives he would do every morning. He was this PR kind of person and he would do these morning yoga, like feel good kind of things. And for a while he looked like he was positive and you know, he had this morning coffee thing. Well, this one morning he decided to show a different side of himself. And he had, it seemed like a different gay lover every single week. And I mean, if he's gay, that's fine. But this one morning he decided he was gonna show his true colors. And he had been dating this one guy and the guy decided he was gonna break up with him. And this made him sound like a homicidal maniac and he was in a blind rage. And he, his morning coffee yoga Zen was him going off saying that he was going to gut him with a knife and rip his heart out. And I was just like, oh, if I could have made this, if I could have saved this into my own video, I was going to do it. And I couldn't, it was, it was going on so fast. I'm like, shit, shit, what the shit. Heck? Yeah. And I was like, oh, now they're going to pull him. They're going to pull him back. Right. They're going to demote him and they're going to be like, um, you're not our sweet little boy anymore. You're going to not have, you know, you're not going to have all these you know, freedoms because everybody was like, we need to follow him. We so we all need to follow him and give him some, you know, audience because he's he's a great person. When I read this, I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. This is the, the way he really is. And, you know, you get this vibe about people and nobody wanted to hear it. Well, there's the vibe, right? Here it is. It's right there. And I was like, okay, okay. Here, now we're getting into the real limelight stuff. Well, then about a month later, when things didn't, didn't go away with him, out comes this several pages of stuff. Well, first they had us take this test. What color are you? What personality color are you? So I'm like, oh God, what? And it was mandatory we take this. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to see what, I hope I'm black as the night, right? Maybe they'll kick me out before I go. They didn't have the color black. I was the color red. I'm like, what the hell's the color red? Whatever. Well, then the next thing you know is all these different papers come flying out. Do not copy these. Just memorize everything about all these papers. I'm like, I'm not in college. I don't memorize stuff anymore. It was about if you recruit, if you try to recruit people and they say no to you, diagnose them. They're in one of these, 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 um, they're in one of these popularity or these personality types. Use these tactics on them. This yes. is the kind of thing. Did you those see are the, those? Are those the slides you sent me? Yes. It's the 10 different types of saboteurs. Yes. Yeah, I was like, what? And so these are the 10. I wrote them down because I was like, what the heck? Okay, the 10 different types of saboteurs. <laughs> the judge, the hyper-rational, the hyper-vigilant, the stickler, the avoider, the victim, the pleaser, the restless, the controller, 
and the hyperachiever. They're so predatory. I yes. am I can I share those? I'll put those on Instagram so people can see. Please do. Please do. Yeah, and and their little their little logos on them and everything. I mean, they can't deny them. It's on the, it's on their letterhead. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were told do not copy these. I'm like, "Ah, that means I copy them." Yeah, I feel like anytime an MLM tells you not to copy or save or tell anybody, you should definitely put that somewhere very safe and make copies immediately. Yes. Yeah, so it says Lime Life by Alcone. It's got the saboteurs, the victim description, emotional and temperamental as a way to gain attention and affection. An extreme focus on internal feelings, particularly painful ones. Martyr streak. I mean, they're just so, it's got the description, the characteristics, the thoughts, the feelings, the justification lies, the impact on self and others, and then the original survival function. And they're under all of these like little titles. It's, it's yeah. so, it's so culty and predatory and just so gross. It is. Wow. Yeah. I'm definitely going to share those. <laughs> Um, and, and you said, who is it that created these? Jacob Heiser. Jacob Heiser. And for those who don't know who Jacob Heiser is. He's the PR rep. He is the PR guy <laughs> of Limelight. The PR guy of this MLM mm -hmm. is putting mm -hmm. out this incredibly predatory, gross, 10 different types of like haters basically the 10 different types of haters that you're going to have to deal with when trying to grow your business and how to deal with them it's insane yep. so what made you decide to leave lime life or lime light oh, yeah oh, oh my god so i'm sitting in a i decided to pop in one night because lindsay was having a meeting one of her facebook lives and she had the new recruits coming in and I screenshot this, by the way, so they can't say this didn't happen. And they were being told to post everything public, all of their earnings, all of their wins, all of their where they're going, what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, those are illegal income claims per the FTC. So right. they should not be telling people to share those things at all, because that is... That is a big no-no if you're trying to not look like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Well, ironically, she moved on to Pomifera and there she goes there. But uh, nonetheless, here she is telling them to do this. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God. I couldn't believe I was, I was reading because it wasn't, I didn't keep it secret what had happened to me. And I typed in the Facebook live, you know, where you can type. I'm like, uh, Lindsay, you might not want to be telling them this. I just was, I just was kidnapped, strangled and raped because you guys were telling me to do this stuff. My stalker, this is how my stalker found me. Don't you want to keep them safe? You know, I posted something like that in there. And then I saw people underneath it you know writing oh my god and i screwed that's when i screenshot it and i still have that it's on my mac and so didn't think anything of it but 
all of a sudden that chat went away. I'm like, huh, she must've ended the call. No, I got booted out. So oh, the next wow. thing I know, yeah, my upline the next day sends me a message and says, hey girl, I had to delete your, your message in there. We have other, other girls that have had similar experiences and they were getting triggered. Wait, wait, wait okay, wait, what? Yeah. So other yeah. girls that had been stalked and assaulted because of this oversharing yeah. were in that chat and yeah. you talking about your experience instead of like, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, it, it tr you sharing yeah. your experience triggered yeah. them Yeah. and they told the upline, this is triggering to me. And then the upline deleted and booted you out so you couldn't talk about it anymore yeah apparently you know i'm the bad person and you know instead of saving people from having that happen to them it's worse that i tried to save them you know that, me advocating for safety that's just insane they're acknowledging that this is a problem that's happening and this was just in one team right i mean there's other teams this could be happening in two could be other and mlms this that this is happening in this was, this was across limelight. The meeting was across limelight. Yep. And wow. So there yep. are other people in there across limelight that saw that. Yep. And wow. Wow. Instead yep. of standing up for your fellow victim and advocating for them, yep. they had you silenced because it was yep. triggering to them. The, like the brainwashing yeah. And the control and the manipulation yep. is astounding to me. It's better to be raped, I guess, than it is to, to protect somebody that could potentially be so. Insanity. That's the message. Yeah. Insanity. So at that point where you were like, wow, I was just silenced for sharing my truth. And apparently like, that's not okay. Was that the breaking point that you were like, I'm done? It was. You know what I did right at that moment when I got that message from her? I screenshot that. I went into my Facebook page, my private page, and I went, hey guys, I quit, I quit Limelight. And I posted not only the screenshot of, of when I went into the Limelight group, I posted Nicole's comment and I went, here it is. This is their culture of, of what they stand for. You know what happened to me? This is why I quit. And I just went, Bloop. and I sent a message to that Michelle, whatever her name is, and I said, here's, here's your upline. Here's my direct upline. This is, this is what you stand for. See ya. Question. Mm -hmm. At any point in time, has Limelight ever, ever mentioned anything about women or female empowerment? No. Well, that's at least good that they're not saying they're a female empowerment company because uh, silencing victims is definitely not empowering at all no but that should be their their motto we silence you so you don't have to wow so the resolution of this is you leave limelight mm -hmm. and are you still having issues with this stalker oh my god i i've, I've had to make everything like super private like i can't like well not to toot my own horn but like I've taken up fitness more so than I ever did. I was always a fitness freak, but 
like I've gotten really good at rowing. So I'm Pennsylvania's top female uh, rowing 10,000 meter uh, female fitness person in my age bracket. So like, I'd love to have my Instagram public so I could have more rowing followers, but thanks to him trying to, he always creates like fake profiles and tries to follow me request like three to four times a day. Like it averages out to maybe 10 times, 15 times a week. I can't make my page public like normal fitness people do. And it sucks, but it is what it is because I'd rather be safe and, and just be able to block, block, block. And now Instagram has this really cool new feature that if you block somebody on, like they have two levels of blocking, I block him on the top level. So he has to create a brand new email address. He's gonna, he's good. I hope at some point he gives up because honestly, how many, how many different email addresses can he possibly come up with? I, I mean, this thing is just wild to me and not to like, it's not the same thing that happened to you, but it's along the same lines of people in MLMs living this influencer life, putting everything out there at the insistence of the upline and the MLM. And again, it's like, I, I don't ever talk about true crime other than, you know, MLM white collar crime and stuff like that. So it's very hard for me to, to find the words to be able to talk about it properly. I think I'm, I'm not the right channel to talk about this kind of thing, but I see a lot of similarities and it's just, it's really unfortunate. Um, it's, it's really important that we keep our, our personal lives private. Uh, if you're an influencer and you live your influencer life out there, different thing, but keeping your private information private. Um, I'm going to ask you, what, what do you think and what do you believe as somebody who has obviously had to use these things to stay safe and private? What are your best tips on protecting yourself, especially if you have to have a public pro? Uh, number one, I have invested in something called a YubiKey. It is a pluggable device apparatus that you actually plug into your phone, your Mac. It actually shows one six digit code and hidden are 19 others that throw out within two seconds into whatever app you're using. You, you can use it with Facebook. You can use it with Instagram. You can use it with just about everything. Um, it's trans, you know, it, it transfers to all your devices. Um, it's wonderful. It's never been hacked and I've never been hacked since I've started using it. The other thing I use is a password protected device. It's a standalone device app. Anyway, um, it's also functions with YubiKey. Find a good password app that actually works with YubiKey. I don't trust things like Google Authenticator because you have to hold your finger down on it. And that period of time that you get from that app to your app that you're going to, it can be key logged. That is not a good time. That's That, that time is actually hackable. Um, and if you lose that app with like Google Authenticator, you've lost your ability to get into your app. You can't get that back. 
So, and I've done that. I've had, oh, it's, it's such a pain in the neck. You have to find a way to get a hold of whatever application you need to get into, have them take out that applicator, like that second authenticator password, if you can get them to do it. And a lot of them won't. Whereas if you have a YubiKey, you have a physical device, it's really slick. You can get them on Amazon. They cost about $65. The new ones um, have the lightning device on the one side. And then, whoops. And then on the other side, they have the, the like the two, what is it? 2B or 2C. Um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So just like different. You, yeah. So you can actually jump from like, like a Samsung device or an Android device, if you have that to a, to like an Apple device, it's, they're real slick. Um, they're totally worth it. So even my 13 year old can use one. And then what do you think about using two, uh, what is it, two figure authentication? 2F, 2F authentication, uh, by all means do it. <clears throat> never be without it because um, if you don't have that second layer and never ever use your phone number ever because phone numbers are the fastest way people are spoofing. Phone number spoofing, if you've ever gotten like car extended warranty phone number calls to your phone, those are spoofed phone numbers. Those are actually somebody's actual phone numbers being spoofed to a remote, like a VOIP location and then they're just being used by somebody else. So if you use your phone number as your verify and here's a text text message, that's how my number or my Facebook um, was getting hacked out in San Jose. Oh, wow. And that's, okay. yeah, yeah. So use two-factor so, identification and use, uh, instead of a phone number, what, what do you recommend using? An email address? If you use email addresses, make sure even on your email addresses, you have two-factor authentication. Make sure it's really, really tight. If you, you have Google, they have um, smart lock account, which is really good. That's a nice secure one. I like that over Google Authenticator. Google Authenticator to me is just kind of crappy, but they have smart lock and that's a good one. Most secure is uh, YubiKey. It's Y-U-B-I-K-E-Y. Another really good secure email is ProtonMail, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L. That's encrypted. That comes with an app, it's free. It actually has its own encryption loaded into it. So it actually will weed out spam and nobody can hack into that. You can actually set up layers of encryption within that. Those are good tips. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mm -hmm. always use two-factor authentication and I, yeah. you know, it's always, it's always a good idea to just sort of button down the hatches a little bit more and, and double check yeah. that you're being really safe online. Well, I'm so glad that you're out of limelight. I'm so sorry oh, yeah. that you oh. had to go through all of that. Um, it's okay. It's just, what a, what a, it's just, I, I'm still speechless. I'm still speechless, but you are so strong and so beautiful Thanks. and just such a survivor. Oh. Thank I'm, you. I'm just, I'm so proud of you. And I'm, I'm just in awe of your strength. No, oh, thanks. Do you know what the worst part of it was though? 
I lost my best friend out of all this when she continued to stay in Sensi and then try to recruit me in Sensi after all this. I'm like, are, are you insane? And she just was like, but don't you want to, don't you want to get free candles? I'm like, no. And they smell. You're like, <laughs> not that want, bad, girl. <laughs> no, I don't want your candles and I don't want my own candles. Take your candles and stick them up your ass. God. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the chats, I like to do the rapid fire questions. Just sure. throw out whatever comes to mind. All right. Okay. One word that encompasses how you feel about MLM. Oh, shitty. <laughs> a warning to somebody who wants to join an MLM. Poop. I don't know. Um, run. You're like, don't even go. Just, just turn around and run, girl. Just run. Right. What is right. the worst MLM in your opinion? Ooh, LuLaRoe. <laughs> They're pretty bad. I'll have to agree with you. They on are. That one. Oh my God. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Um, hardest <laughs> lesson <laughs> that you learned while in MLM. <laughs> it's like a very right. like this question is like, um, hi, but yeah. Oversharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then lastly a positive mm -hmm. takeaway from your time in multi-level marketing? Privacy. Learning how to keep your privacy private and enjoying yes. your privacy. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very much. It's a hard lesson to learn. I'm yeah. so, so thankful that you came on the show and that you told us your story. You were so vulnerable and open. And I really just... I want to thank you because I know that that vulnerable and hard to tell stories are, are very emotional and hard to tell. So I really want to let you know how much I appreciate you coming and telling your story to us today. I'm always happy to share it. If it saves somebody else from going through that, oh my God, I would share that every day. I would. Thank you so much. You are wonderful. Thank you. You are too. Well, thank you for saying so. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.